happy 30th of December to always celebrate and welcome to the best of 2021 episode. Once again, as last year, Fran and I have each picked our top 10 songs of the year and we also discuss our highlights and lowlights of 2021 musically. I had a truly horrendous cold when I recorded this and I have to shout out my co-host Fran for doing a very good job to cut it out. I guess if I was feeling positive, I say I sound a little bit sultrier than usual. So there we go. A treat for those who appreciate that. Or alternatively, I sound very snotty and I apologize. We will be back at the end. In fact, Fran will be back at the end to tell you where to follow us, where to rate us. And we hope that you enjoy our wrap up of the year. Oh, hang on. Yeah. What are we calling this podcast? <laughs> was it over underrated? Over underrated. Right, it's another Over Underrated Music Podcast episode with Fran and Babs. I am Babs, so how are you doing today, Fran? Well, um, the UK is under attack from another disease, but let's, <laughs> let's not talk about COVID anymore. Um, I have just seen my final gig of the year. We're going to talk about the band later on, so yeah, I may chat about that when we get to that point. Um, mm-hmm. But I did go to see um, the Philharmonic Orchestra doing Christmas movie-themed tunes in London, which is very Christmassy, and it had a, a, a school choir, so I could hear the full Home Alone soundtrack with the la-la-la-la-la-la-la sort of stuff happening. Wow, amazing. What venue? Uh, the Royal Festival Hall as well perfect very nice perfect yeah so i had a great weekend how about yourself babs um i also had a lovely weekend i escaped to the belgian countryside escaped brussels city life however i went there and came back with a lovely cold that you can hear and some excruciating lower back pain which really makes me feel like i have hit my mid-30s nonetheless i am armed today with notes and tea and um need to talk about music especially the music of 2021 which is today's special theme following on from my episode last year of best of 2020 indeed and i'm sure you guys have heard it if not check it out on where you find podcasts i don't know about you but i felt that this was a good year for music i feel like that's a bit of a pointless thing to say in a way because you can always find good music every year uh, and given that we're recording this after Spotify Wrapped has happened, it's been interesting to me that my listening habits this year on Spotify have been a lot less open-minded than last year. I think I had a ridiculous amount of genres. This year it's been really a lot of rock. But yeah, I got into two bands, uh, DZ Death Rays and Let's Eat, Let's Eat Grandma, that uh, I won't be talking about today, but maybe in, in a future episode. I think, I think, yeah, there was some really good new artists and really good releases from old artists. And whittling down the list was really, really tough. How do you feel 2021 was as a, a year in music? I think through my... It's, it's hard to say about because... So basically, I don't listen to radio anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to always know what is popular in the zeitgeist. So when I make this playlist, I basically just... Um, I go on Wikipedia and look at what albums came out and check those out. I then go on Metacritic and listen to their top 200 and then work out what, what I should listen to. And I then have like a couple of like 
playlist and I go through and listen to as many as I can and then I whilst I'm listening I just you know like certain tracks and then it turns out that some of those are like the biggest artists of the year. (laughs) Every November when I make these playlists is when I basically discover what happened in the year. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've noticed there's a lot of young artists which is pretty cool. I've, I've noticed a death of a lot of the indie bands I liked so you know when I was 21 the, the charts was a lot of indie bands and now I can probably name six bands mainly six new indie bands I just think they're not as mainstream right like it, it's like the conversation we had with with Ben Hampson where he's producing a lot of very good rock bands it's mm. just that they're not household names in the same way that I think they would have been um you know with the exception of Blood Red Shoes I've listened to maybe a hundred like indie songs this this year and th- maybe four or five got onto my playlist yeah i think with me there's so looking at my genre so my top five genres hilariously the top one was new rave which i'm like really (laughs) was i that was i just listening to claxons non-stop i don't think so uh it was new rave new wave dance pop indie rock and garage rock that was that was my top five and i think for the past three years i had hip-hop as fifth and that's Mm -hmm. gone so actually, I feel like I'm doing almost the opposite <laughs> of what the, the young kids are doing, which is getting kind of stuck in my groove. I do think that most of the rock songs that I have saved and that I enjoyed are heavier rock um, rather than, yeah, let's say, yeah, more more traditional indie rock or, or Britpop-esque. Although one of yours is, uh, is definitely in that category. Uh, and yeah, I, I think I did a similar method to you. So the way I whittled down my list was I went on Spotify and went through all the songs I'd saved in 2021, which were from 2021. Then I visited, you know, the release radar playlist on Mm -hmm. on Spotify. And that took me down a rabbit hole because I don't look at it anymore very often because it's just too much. Like, I I think it always has like 200 artists in there. And that's, I did discover more uh, through that. It just made my life more difficult. But yeah, I think I only discover new music at the moment. If, for example, I follow them on Bandcamp and then Bandcamp sends me an email about it or from our social media accounts, from our podcast social media accounts, people write updates on it or I see it on Twitter. Like I don't actively seek out music news as as much as I did before, definitely. I feel like my Spotify broadly matches what I listen to, but some people say that it misses some stuff out. So who knows? Yeah, I don't think personally that my Spotify playlist is what I've been listening to in 2021 to be fair and mm. is, it, is it true that the cutoff was like in November because October 31st well in that case I I, <laughs> I listened to more music in November than I did all of the year so, yeah yeah it's yeah cool. so uh, it's basically the, the podcast is basically <laughs> what my Spotify rap is so this year we've done what we did last year which pick was which was to pick our 10 favorite songs of the year and because it was such a difficult task I personally decided not to include any really big artists and most bands that we've mentioned before in any kind of meaningful capacity. And I think you set yourself some targets as well, right, Fran? Yeah, so there's some bands that I want to hold out for a, a proper episode with. Ditto. And then, like, yeah, some some it's because I have listened to them loads, so I got to include them. And some because of four, well, we've never spoken about them before. I doubt we will again, so let's give them some, some time. So it's not necessarily my 10 favourite songs of the year. Um, yeah, it could have been many other different different bands. But on that day, I chose these 10. And um, yeah, I'm semi looking forward to discussing. <laughs> um, I still miss making 
my CDs at the end of the year. But, you know, the world, the world moves on, unfortunately. Indeed. I keep saying that it's going to be soon that I'm going to invest in a record player. And um, I've inherited all my mum's vinyls, but they're all at my dad's house. And he's like, can you please buy a record player so I can fucking give you all these records taking up space? <laughs> so that might be a 2022 plan. Let's let's see. It is a an open goal Christmas gift. I'm surprised mm. no no one has even consider giving me a vinyl player but i'm kind of happy because i can't afford to buy all my i can't afford (laughs) maybe we can give you france paypal and you can contribute to a vinyl player for france but it's not just that is it it then opens a whole world of me having to buy all my favorite albums and vinyl and i know like i know exactly i see i know exactly how you feel but i feel like we are very much in a minority here Mm. because i think some people really like vinyl because of the whole process of it. Like, oh, you open it up and you put, I'm like, can I just fucking listen to the music, please? Thank you. I do like, you know, looking at the artwork and reading the lyrics booklets. Sure. And I mean, on a vinyl, it's definitely much bigger. But recently, you know, as previously mentioned, Easy Death Rays, I bought their album Black Rat and I bought it on CD. And when you open it, 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 it like has a little cutout of rats and it's just like, yeah, you can still have these nice effects on CD and it doesn't have to involve me having a thought about needles or anything else. And I can enjoy my time. But but there we go. I mean, there's a cynical part of me thinking, do all you guys that own vinyl actually sit down in the lounge and just listen to vinyl? Or do I, you I, buy it and then put on Spotify and walk around like everyone else does? I, I think they do. I mean, you know. I, some people I absolutely believe it and and they do it properly I would say like Ryan from the Broken Record Player podcast who on on the on his Instagram account he's always changing the layout of how his vinyls look so it looks impressive and he's doing his countdown of his favorite 80s albums and you know he, he's displaying them and, and putting them on him I can believe it he's a good guy Ryan however I I believe there are some absolute cunt nuggets is what I'm gonna is what comes to mind at the moment I don't know why pretentious twats a vinyl of Instagram and then Spotify behind the scenes, I think. Yeah. A lot of people. So, we have done a lot of tangents. <laughs> we have. Who um, knows how many will be in this episode? <laughs> Over underrated best of 2021. So... We have my first artist for no particular reason. We have Torres. Um, I had never heard of her until October this year, guys. And it turns out she's been around for a while, so that's how cool I am. And I have chosen her song, Don't Go Putting Wishes in My Head. I just thought this was the sort of pop song that I love. It's like a, a infectious, mature pop it has a beautiful synth underlayer, and then throughout it brings in sprinkles of like her guitar, and then you get more backing vocals. And like, yeah, I just after like thirty seconds, I I pressed heart because this is this is me all over. And then the more I listened to it, the more I loved it. And then doing some research, turns out she recorded it in the UK last autumn, which sounds absolutely insane because weren't Americans banned from the UK? <laughs> So I don't know how that happened. Yeah, and yeah, I'll come back to that because she, I think she was stranded in Europe at the beginning of COVID, yeah. And she made the album with um, Rob Ellis and he turns out he's like 
the guy for all of the, the female singer-songwriters. PJ like, Harvey. Bat for Lashes. And those, yeah, yeah. So, and he co-wrote the song. So I think he also is, must be a pretty decent guy. I was shocked when I did some research because for some bizarre reason, I assumed he was Scandinavian. And I listened to a lot of Scandinavian playlists. So I thought, oh, maybe I got this from one of those. So when I found out that she's American, I was like, oh, really? That doesn't make sense to me. But I've now listened to other songs by her. And I think this is quite different to a lot of her other work. This is a lot more electronic than anything, anything else I've heard just flicking through the old Spotify. So, Babs, I know that you know her, but tell me more. Yeah, so I, uh, not only do I know her, I have seen her live. I saw her live uh, at a concert when I had a broken leg and had to sit on the chair, but it was still still a fun experience. I think I sent you Splinter by her, which is a completely different sound, much mm-hmm. more moody, much more guitar-oriented. So when you, when I saw that you'd put Taurus on, I was really pleasantly surprised because I was like, oh, I didn't even realise that she had a new album out. And I follow her and her wife, Jenna Gribben, who's in the music video to this song on Instagram. And Jenna is an artist and Mackenzie Torres features quite heavily in her work. And I was really surprised because it is basically pure synths. Like a bit of guitar coming in every now and again, but but not as much. And what I love about Torres is her voice. I, I think her voice is, is unique and mm-hmm. really meaningful. But... While I like her voice on here, I, I'm not such a big fan of this more synthy direction. I can totally see why why you like it. And I've tried to kind of listen to it. I listened to it the first time I was going through making notes and then listening to it again, divorcing it from the fact that it's tourist, just trying to see it more, more purely as a song. And I think I enjoyed it more when I wasn't expecting something else, basically. Uh, but yeah, in, in a way, it doesn't surprise me that she's gone in this direction at all, right? I think when... Many guitar-oriented acts often try and become a bit more experimental. This is her fifth album. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I've got a feeling that it may only be, be the single, which is this direction. I, well, I, I was going to che- ask, have you listened to the album? Yeah, I, I checked out a few other singles. from, And yeah, so I think this is her most electronic track, um, which may be lucky because obviously I'm, I'm a big, big fan of electronic music. But yeah, do you like her voice? Because I, I, I truly love yeah, her yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I, yeah. To me, she sounds like like she's Swedish. Yeah, but I was going to say she looks she looks Scandinavian. Mm. She's blue eyed and has and has blonde hair. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that you thought that. But uh, I think because I knew Splinter, which is all about the pastor, the church, you know, like all these very southern American themes, which I think I think she is from from the south of the US. I, yeah, I, I didn't associate it as that, but she's she's been quite prolific because uh, yeah, she's she's released five albums in a very short space of time, and you know, despite not being a particularly huge fan of the song, I I will still go and listen to the you know she's one of those people where I will always dip into what she she has to do and and take the time to explore. But yeah, I just don't think she's done a lot in the UK. Maybe she's bigger in America because mm. I'm surprised I've never heard of her. I think I came across her through God's Jukebox. I think it was oh, okay. other people posting about her. British or not, I don't, I don't remember. She is one of those acts where, I she was very good live. She 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 was very good live, but I think she is one of those acts that's not an album act for me. You know, it is a kind of individual mm-hmm. song one. And yeah, to, to come back to it, I think she was on a European tour in February 2020 or March 2020. And if I remember correctly, she had to crowdfund to come back to the US because it was looking really really difficult. So yeah, I'm glad for her that she managed to come to the UK in October and, and not get stuck again because. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. But yeah, so what's your pick? So my first pick is the <laughs> intriguingly titled Hard Billy, 
by the French artist Leonie Pernet. So I know exactly how I discovered her. I discovered her because she is the top related artist for Charlotte Adigéry, who was our pick in the in the Best of Belgium. She's still there. I checked. She still is the top one. So thank you for basically putting, you know, women of color making weird electronic music together because that is clearly a genre that I like. I don't think they're that related, but but there we go. Um, and she's a very interesting woman. So she's from Paris. She plays lots of instruments. She's gay. She's Muslim. And one of the, you know, I did some deep research on her in a way that frankly I hadn't until doing this podcast, but the, there was this nightclub in Paris called Pulp, which was apparently quite um, pivotal for her. And there was, they were trying to move away from French touch a little bit, which, you know, like the, the Daft Punk stylings that were that were big in the capital and um they they there was this label called kill the dj that she started on as well as this artist called cir which i'd completely forgotten about uh, and i went to listen to as well i chose it because um so this is from her new album the cirque de consolation the circus of consolation i knew about her songs before i think this is a step up i like the whole album i think this is a highlight it's really it's a really unusual song. There's like electronics, thumping drums, and she's there in this kind of, her voice is kind of indifferent somehow. And I, I just think it blends really well together. She says it's burning rain, it's burning now. It's very evocative, simple, haunting. Bandcamp recently picked this album as one of their albums of the day. And they talk about epic soundscapes, you know, m- blending pop melodies, synths, West African drums. I think it's throwing a lot everything in the kitchen sink at a song but for me it works and i don't know if you've seen the video fran but it's this collection of west african mask dancers it's really out there so i didn't think you'd love this one but i thought you might be intrigued by it at least yeah the video was not what i was expecting at all at all right some great cosplay ideas though for anyone (laughs) who wants to (laughs) dress as a bird yeah there's a guy in my school called hard hard belly and I'm glad that this isn't him. Um, <laughs> you sure? You don't know that. Well, don't know well that. I don't know. Don't know People that. change. Yeah, it's got like a Van Geddes synth style to it, which I'm a, a big nice, fan yeah. of. I put down great keyboards. Sounds like the M83 score for Oblivion. If anybody Ooh. knows that film. I, I, I was going to say, that's a reference I don't understand, but hopefully people will. <laughs> you know you know M83, don't you? I know M83, yeah. but not Oblivion. Yeah, it's, it's got really deep throbbing simps. And yeah, I, I I didn't feel like I needed to find out what she's singing because I think that her voice felt like uh, another instrument. It, it fitted along Definitely. with the tune rather than me needing to know what she's singing about. So yeah, that's why I didn't dive into her vocals. But yeah, it was a good start and I enjoyed. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad because... Uh... I really thought it could go either way with this song. I don't know what it's like in the rest of Europe, but 2021, for me, one band that I have known everyone's been talking about is Wet Leg. I don't actually know why. That sounds horrible because I'm about to say they're a great artist, but to me, they are not doing anything spectacularly different, but everyone seems to be loving this band so much so that they've already appeared on American chat shows. And they've, oh, only wow. got, they've only done two singles, which is, to me, insane. Because what happens to the album's terrible. What happens if this, if this is it? When a band is hyped, it's hyped. I mean, we've seen this before, right? Like, yeah, uh, if, I was, uh, if I was the manager, I would turn down an American chat show before you've had an album out. Because the hype's going to, personally, I'm scared it's going to kill them. But anyway, mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully not, hopefully not. So um, 
I've chosen Wet Dream. They have their a certain style. I should say I should, I should say that um, it's actually a, a female duo from the Isle of Wight. Spectacularly. I didn't know that until today. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, being so so close to Isle of Wight. Um, I went to two festivals this year. They played both of them. I missed them because they cancelled one and um, I was watching another band at the same time. So I could have seen them live. I may regret that later. Um, but, <laughs> but why do I like this song? Because... They have a theme where they have a kind of chatty, repetitive verse where they like to re- repeat things like in this one, it's playing with myself, playing with myself, playing with myself. And then they have a, a catchy guitar line and a catchy chorus. And that seems to be the same on both singles. It's mm. a, a little bit Pixies. It's a little bit I've heard it before, but I do enjoy the song. And I'm putting this in now before people before the hype destroys it for me so at the moment they're the per- i hear it the perfect amount but i'm scared it may become annoying sooner or later i see exactly what you've done there yeah i i feel like in the last two or three months i've heard about them a lot mm-hmm. but never you know clicked to listen to a song and i found it interesting so i i did a bit of research on them found out they were from the isle of wight find out that their influences are the Ronettes, Jane Birkin, Ty Seagal and Bjork, which I was like, that's that's a very intriguing mix. But actually, I think it does come across a little bit. In terms of bands that it sounds like, I wrote like a Sonia Pitblom, Franz Ferdinand or Ladyhawk. There definitely is that kind of, you know, rock quality, but with melody mm-hmm. in there as well. And for, for me, when I listened to it the second time, I was like, hang on, did, did Fran actually... Did he put a Pip Blomp's song? I, I just completely forgot. And I was like, no, no, of course it's it's Wet Dream. I didn't like this the first time I heard it, but it grew on me. So I can see why you're worried that it would become annoying because it is, you know, quite twee. Mm. I do think it's pretty solid pop rock. Depending on where the the hype goes, I think it could, yeah, they could get better or, or it could kind of become quite stale. And while I, I didn't save it to my uh, playlist, I, I think by, by the third listen, I did enjoy it. It would be interesting if I had it in live, because then I would be able to judge them properly on a, more than two songs. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping that a duo from Isle of Wight becoming massive would be brilliant. <laughs> but, yeah, um, any, any other acts from Isle of Wight? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I currently like um, the Plastic Mermaids. Uh, they're like a psych- psychedelic weirdo indie band, which is very up my street. They're completely DIY. They make their own videos. They make their own artwork. Everything. They're on the um, the the label for um, Rob the Bank. Right. Yeah. I- I've seen them live twice in festivals, and it's just been me and four of their friends. It's been quite embarrassing, <laughs> and I-, I don't get it. I think they're brilliant. So yeah, there is a there's at least two decent bands in the Isle of Wight at the moment, which is pretty cool. I think the last band I knew was the Bees. Remember the bees? Yeah, I know the bees. Yeah, they had yeah. a couple of good songs. Nah, yeah, it's been twenty years. So yeah, go, yeah. go. I've got a fuck. We're old. We're old. Yeah, it keeps coming back. I should have had a the bingo. Before that, we've got level forty-two. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Didn't okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there you go. Big up Isle of Wight since they're kind of local to me. Yeah, I think we mentioned this before. We we like it when a band from a smaller part of the of the mm-hmm. world becomes bigger. Uh, however, the next act is American, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before I start, so just just to tell you, Fran, from what I've done on research, pronouns are they. I might forget, but just to just to say. And uh, have you had you heard of Angel Hayes, who is my next pick? Oh no, 
know. Right. So they're a very interesting person because they had an absolutely crazy life. So their 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 father passed away. Their mum got involved in a cult and managed to escape, but was kind of chased by it. And it was one of those cults where it's like you're not allowed to listen to music, wear jewelry, date people, etc., etc., etc. So really glad that they managed to get out. And I vaguely knew about their music, but they became quite big when they started dating uh, Island Baldwin, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin's daughter. And they were, they were quite a striking couple. So I knew, I knew Angel from that. I knew, I knew about their crazy life and their crazy dating history. And I, I really hadn't thought much beyond that. But honestly, this song, Wait, was the third most listened song. And I became absolutely obsessed with it because it has this, it starts with this sort of weird, I called it harpsichord or synth harpsichord, don't know what you'd call it, menacing bass. And their flow is just really great. There's this bit where where they say, you already didn't think that I would get it. Thought a little pressure was going to push me to the limit. Bitch, I died. Bitch, I cried. And it's just every time it just absolutely gets me. So someone I didn't know at all with you know, a genre that is not at all my favorite genre. And yet there's, there's something about it, something weird about it that kept me listening over and over again. However, I imagine this is really not up your street. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> first, great, great tone to start with. The first thing I should say is I um, was listening to this in the office. and uh... <laughs> Oh, this is when you messaged me saying some of these songs are not safe for work. <laughs> the first track... Um, Hard belly, fine. This meant uh, headphones plugged in <laughs> because this does contain the uh, naughty words. Um, mm, it does. I put down here, this doesn't really speak to me because I'm the least aggressive person you can ever find and very unconfrontational. If I'm watching mm. Big Brother, I even turn off when I have an argument. So with that in mind, I don't particularly like confrontation in music. I enjoyed the nice bit of piano in it. Right. There's a lot of guns in the video. There is because the 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 they've released an EP and it's called Girl with a Gun. There. So, okay. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, I struggled um, to find anything I could really jump into. Unfortunately. Mm. That's but hey, fine. I'm being honest. No, I, no, I, but that, that's absolutely <laughs> honestly. I think this is what I was like. If if Fran likes anything about this, I'll be surprised. Well, so nice, bit of, nice bit, of piano. Nice bit of piano. Um. But I, I, I really think that what made it for me was her flow. Uh, sorry, the, what made it for me was their flow because I really like it in what, what, whatever genre where, where you feel like what they're saying is what they mean. And the bitch, I cried, bitch, I, it's so heartfelt. It's one of those songs that when I listen to it, I'm always waiting for that bit to just be like, yeah. So I can understand that's not for everyone, but that's that's what I, I have a question, actually, I, I mm. thought of. So... I think one reason I'm not big into hip-hop is because, like we've spoken about, lyrics to me aren't what I really mm. go for with music. And I assume that the people who are into hip-hop like what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you've also said to yourself you're not massively into lyrics. So mm. I'm surprised you do like hip-hop because without the lyrics, there isn't much music sometimes behind it to jump into. I'd, I'm not such a big lyrics fan, but I am a fan of bass. Oh. And I, I think that's what comes across in, in hip hop. So, you know, I could have very easily included Industry Baby by Lil Nas X. And yesterday I went to a bowling alley and uh, and they were playing that. And as it comes in, the bass is just like, Doo! and I was like, yes. And I think with lyrics, 
it's a two-tier system for me. I think my automatic sensor is I don't listen to them, but sometimes things push through and I don't think it's the lyrics. I don't think it's Angel saying, bitch, I cry, bitch. It's the way that she's, the way that they sing it. It's very, bitch, I cried, bitch. It's very emotive that I, I just can't help but pay attention to. Even if actually what I also enjoy about the song is the the weird harpsichord and the and the piano and the bass. So, James, um, with Beautiful Beaches from the latest album. And they are a band who have hit form. There's some people in the, in the UK who think that they are the sit-down band, which bugs them mm-hmm. as much as it bugs all their fans. <laughs> and they don't even play it live a lot of the time. Oh, really? Because, mm-hmm. it, you know... They say we've got quite a lot of hits. <laughs> you know, we can play. Um, but I think what people don't know about James is that they record music so different to any other band. So the reason why Brian Eno worked with them for such a long time was because they have six or seven members who, and they would just jam for hours and hours and hours. And then they listen back to the jams and they pick out certain parts and then turn that into song. So it's amazing that they have these catchy songs from how it's been written. They're always trying to do new things. And it's nice to see a band who've been going for, you know, 40 years, who are all, that long. always trying to do, to do new things. So yeah, so, so listening to their song, speaking of that they have like seven members, you can only hear like five instruments. So I don't know what two of them are up to, but hey. So the song is about Tim Booth living in California. And Very relatable. During the, <laughs> the fires, they had to drive down to Costa Rica to escape. This is a wash with gorgeous simps. I think it's got a great bass line. It's got um, beautiful guitars. It's catchy as fuck. Um, I love the weird ending where it goes for, for some bizarre reason. <laughs> and I've heard it again and again and again. So I said, you know, there's some songs I thought I have to include because I just have played them so many times it would be wrong to not include them in the best of So. Um, and I think that um, Babs may hate it. So go for it. I thought the beginning was quite intriguing. I enjoyed the dreamy synths and the distorted drums, but it was one of those songs that for me, I enjoyed each individual element more than the song as a whole. I would say, however, that it's pretty filmic. I could see it soundtracking, you know, some, something kind of mega. So, yeah, I think despite it not being my particular cup of tea, again, I can understand why you'd like it. And I think outside, yeah, in, in a different context, I would probably enjoy it more. This wasn't one of my favourites on, on on the playlist, but it still pleasantly surprised me, I have to say. Yeah, well, check out the other tracks because it's quite, I think you'd be surprised at where they, where they go. They, yeah, they are definitely a band who do not want to be a retro band. They refuse to be on, on any, like, 90s, uh, you know, shine mm. festivals or anything like that. Just, I, we've got to give credit to them for that, I think. So, what's your track three? So, my next track is TLC from the Turnstile Love Connection band. And I discovered this band through Instagram. There's an Instagram account called at punk.black. And <clears throat> they're a media network that really tries to put the spotlight on uh, bands, artists with people of colour. I've discovered Pleasure Venom, who I've talked about before through there. And they shared a clip of this song with this video and I was immediately hooked. I was like, who who are these guys? This is very intriguing. And these guys are an American hardcore band from Baltimore. They've been around for a while. They formed in 2010. 
and the this so this is on their latest studio album glow but also on an ep called 10 star love connection and i just think it is the best of so many different genres it's punk but it's also it's well it starts with synths and drumming then it goes into like you know what you'd say it's a slick punk song with some aggressive singing but then it slows down and it's just guitar and drums and then it finishes with almost these like percussion synths and a guy saying I want to thank you for letting me be myself all in one minute 42 visually stunning the video because the the video starts with the band playing kind of playing and these very cool looking hipsters are in the video and then suddenly when the song changes the singer just runs out of the studio onto a motorbike and continues and the video is part of like a like almost like a a longer film so you, you have to watch it as a story so this you know, Glow was one of my albums of the year. I've listened to it, I think, the the most. And I I think this is bringing together a lot of different genres in a, in a really nice way. What did you think? Well, I had heard of this band before. Um, but yeah, but thank you for reigniting me. Not reigniting me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for setting me on fire. Um... <laughs> Please don't burn. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've noticed that all of the singles on this are all capitals, so you should probably shout TLC. A little TLC! Um, yeah. I think that's how it... I've, I chose Blackout as my favourite song from the album. Mm. Are you a fan of that? Yeah, I, I mean, I I kind of love the whole album, I have to say. So, yeah, I mean, to me it's not hardcore. Mm. I mean, I don't know what, I guess you call it, rock and roll. But it's, yeah, it's um, I think hardcore punk would put people off. It's got so much more than that. Um I've noticed that they've worked with um, Blood Orange. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, on, on tracks. There's Another really genre blender, called... you know, yeah. extraordinary. And Lonely Desire is a really interesting, yeah. cool track near the end. Um, I guess the tra- this song maybe is a bit too long. Um, <laughs> at one minute 42, yeah. <laughs> it's quite, um, yeah, it's got a really thick rhythm guitar. Um, I Some parts of it sounded a bit like Ida World's second album. Really? To me, yeah, to, a little bit to me. Um, it's got a random 80s tom-tom sound at one point, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. And yeah, um, I think it's I think it's a cracking track. Oh. Um, so I added, yeah, I, I once I heard this, I then thought, oh, I should probably listen to that new album. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good it's album. A, it's a it? fantastic album. Yeah, I think, you know, Pick a Disc have been putting out the a call to get people to record what they think their favourite album is of 2021. That's That's another conversation. And I don't know what I would pick as, as my favourite, but this would be in my top five for sure. I got asked to think of my top 10 albums of the year for uh, another magazine and this is in my top 10 albums of the year. Mm, I'm surprised. There we go. I mean, I know I know that just because they're shouting doesn't mean you won't like it, but I do think it's significantly less likely. And while there are a lot of other interesting things going on, which is why I like it, but to, to be honest, mm. I I think I would have liked it if it was just him going, a little TLC. Uh <laughs> as much as the other stuff but there's there's an energy in it and i think it's a perfect candidate for whiny bastards who say that there's no good rock music anymore so my track four is a band i had never heard of before october this year Mm -hmm. and uh, they they are a an irish band from dublin called sprints they've had a couple of singles no album yet and i've chosen a modern job Mm -hmm. um it gave me a few I had to listen to it a few times before I got into it, but I think it's the guitar that follows the chorus, which is what I love. I like her delivery, I like the production, and I'll be interested to see where they go from this. Um, so, 
Babs, what do you think? I absolutely love this one. I again another good example of rock bands doing doing fantastically. Never heard of them. Really like I think the same things that you like, the guitars, the intensity of the guitars and the vocals together building. I like the fact that you can hear her Irish accent. She really feels like she's talking to you directly. And I would put this in the same category as, again, a lot of bands picked by Ben Hampson. You know, it's 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 mm-hmm. noisy rock, but there's melody through it. And when reading about, you know, what the song is about, she says, you know, but when you grow up queer, all these ordinary things can seem extraordinary, out of reach, and in some parts of the world illegal. It leaves you feeling lost, excluded, and confused. I wanted modern job to capture those feelings, chaotic energy, loneliness, and longing of normality. And and you really feel that. And yeah, I'm I'm really keen to to hear more from these guys and and hopefully an album. Yeah, they had another another single from this year, and it's basically a calling to us. Um, so yeah, so I think if you like this, you might like the other tracks on Spotify. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, yeah, I, Irish bands. I, I I feel like I have a bit of a gap in my knowledge there, and and I think that Sprints fill it quite nicely. If we're finished in this section, well, the next is more female rockers. So it's Goat Girl with Sad Cowboys. So uh, this was my, they were my fifth artist on Spotify Wrapped. And this was the fourth song I heard the most. I've probably talked mm-hmm. about them before because they had a, a self-titled album that I really liked in 2018. And this is from their second album on All Fours that was released this year. I probably like more songs from their self-titled album, but the songs I like on this album, I'm really obsessed with. I could have picked... Uh, a couple of others i i think this song is genius it starts off you know with these very dreamy synths clearly a theme through both our playlists today and then it goes into more traditional rock and some intriguing percussion but then it, it it goes into this kind of psychedelic dream world in the chorus all these shimmery layers and it, it, it this i'm guessing you won't like as much as quite a sort of long instrumental ending but it it's something that really takes you on a on a journey um and it unsurprising i think when you know that it's dan carey who produced it, he's produced a lot of other people like k tempest it, it, it is i feel like it's got his production fingerprints on it it feels like quite an ethereal journey and if you've seen the video that also feels like quite an ethereal piece of art so fran what did you think yeah i mean i was a big a big fan of the video because uh, mm. it's got some windmills in it <laughs> Is, is that all it takes? Uh, for you to get no, to... There's, not, there's not enough there's not enough windmills in videos uh, in, in modern world. Well, well, well. Yeah, Goat Girl is a band I see written in a lot of magazines saying how great they are. So I was curious. Um, I've never really checked them out before. Yeah, I love the reverb, simp stabs, the faint guitars, the where it closes. It's almost like an I'll be for chill out vibe in the, the end. You know? Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> Bizarrely, you are right, and that's why it's good. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it, it, it works for me. Um, I. Yeah, I should probably listen to some other stuff because yeah, they keep getting great reviews. Um, I think it's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, magazines top fifty songs and artists uh, Goat Girl. So yeah, I shall definitely check out more Goat Girl. Yeah, I'm glad because I really feel like they're sort of post punk pretenders, right? And other bands like Shame, I think, get given mm. it as much or maybe more column inches, and they are as good. And I think for people who are fans of lyrics. They will appreciate it even more than we do, Fran, because you know they have songs called PTST, for example, and they have a song called Baddie Baba, which at first I thought, oh gosh, is this a cover version of uh, By Wit Daba by Kid Rock? But no, it's a song about climate change. So I, I really think they're very talented and 
it's nice it's nice to hear their progression and that they're still as good in their second album three years on okay uh this band clean cut kid and uh spotify reckons i've listened to a song far too much over 300 times which uh-huh. i'm shocked wow. by but does that include like me listening to it for like five seconds does that count i don't know what counts as a play i know with like a podcast it's like 60 seconds and you're like okay Is like it? you know so sometimes yeah I, I think it depends which which platform i should know this as the person who uploads the podcasts but there we go uh yeah but go, go on so what what why did you listen to this 300 times well out of all the songs on my list, I can play this on guitar. Mm. So, whilst learning how to play it, I kept pressing repeat a lot, I guess. So I, I had that. I had that. That has helped. <laughs> I, I Like, a lot of songs, I'd say my top 20 were songs I learned on bass this year. Like, Inspire by Caven and uh, Numbskull by Ash. So, you know, maybe that's why it's hit the top, because I was shocked to find this as my most listened to song. But, you know, obviously, I obviously love it. So, this is from their third album, I think, is it called... Uh, Mother's Milk mm-hmm. was that the Red Hot Chili Peppers also yeah the first album you could maybe call Power Pop it's uh, got great harmonies great guitar riffs really really catchy um, tracks and I thought they were going to become like this big band but the curse of me has happened again and they got dropped after the second album oh really and now, and now I saw them playing in a random location in Shaw just like 100 people so I still I, I, no, I, I want them to continue and hopefully they, they do I think they're now on like a very small label and um, for the third album I think um, some of their relatives died so they wrote like mm-hmm. a more of a, a sadder album regarding relationships with parents and then they just put in like two like pop songs maybe and this is what I've chosen which is called um, People When They're Drinking which I am shocked why they haven't released as a single, and also even more devastated that they don't play it live, even though I sent two texts and an email. <laughs> and one of them they liked. Oh, right, okay. Bastards. Why do I like this song? It's quite rare for a band to sing a song about hating parties and hating talking to people. That doesn't happen. And if, I don't want to be, like, cliche, but the fact the Scousers, too, who are renowned for being social drinkers... I kind of like a little bit more. It's quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so basically it's about, you know, yes, I'm at a party, but, you know, the only reason I'm here is because I'm drinking your beer. I don't give a crap about your wife or what your kid did last week, you know. I'm literally here because I'm being forced to. And I love it. And like, you know, he said, I think he says, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do another lap of the party just to kill more time, which I've done so many times. And I cannot believe that this is like a guy is literally reading my mind on, on, on parties. and that, So I think that's why I love it, because it's, it's a rarity. It's also, I think, got catchy chorus, lovely harmonies, and some little beautiful um, guitar um, magic from, uh, from Mike. And so, yeah, so I, I know you're not a big fan of uh, catchy pop songs, so you'll probably hate it. But I think, lyrically, you may like lyrically, it. Lyrically, very strong. The, the lyrics mm. really made me laugh again. You know, if we're talking about the two-tier thing, I couldn't help... Well, already, from seeing that the song was called People When They're Drinking, I thought, hello, I think this is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a satire, a bit of a critique. And, you know, on, on the positive, I really like the interplay between their voices and their ba- and the bass. 
but they're married to the oh they're married the okay yeah i, I yeah. think yeah I, I put there's an elton john piano and a very melodic chorus it's it's not for me but i i wrote down fran did you pick this because you identified with the content of the song precisely because i was like yeah you know I, you've mentioned before that you know you're not a big fan of the pub and and getting drunk and and yeah that is definitely very original let's move on to your next <laughs> track and I, I think for my next track, I'm just going to say, let me do all of the talking because I think I know what's uh, what's going to come here. So uh, my next song is uh, BDE by Shy Girl featuring everyone's favourite rapper, Slow Tie. So this was the second most placed song of mine, according to Spotify Raps. And I knew about Shy Girl before this song came out because she'd guested on a Georgia song, Mellow from uh, from Georgia's album Seeking Thrills, which almost made my best of 2020 list, but not quite. But I, I like I really I really like Georgian. It was really so close to to putting. I, I think I might have even put Mellow uh, on 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 the list as, as one of my favorites. So yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't even know what kind of musician she was. I was just like, okay, yeah, she she guessed it on that song, and I quite like it. But BZ was released, and it went pretty big, pretty quickly. And she's definitely someone on the rise because, like, Rihanna knows about her and has used some of her songs in Savage Times Fenty shows. She was on the remix of the Lady Gaga's Chromatica album this year as well. And she says that her biggest influences are Mariah Carey, Aphex Twin, Madonna, Bjork and Rasheen Murphy. So there we go. For me, it's this year's WAP with a British edge and a bit more of an avant-garde tune. And I really like that the beat is very dirty, but her voice is very silky, um, especially when she has effects. So again, I like the contrast of her very calm voice with these very explicit lyrics. Do I like that Slow Tie is on there? No, I'm not a fan. We all saw what he did to Catherine Ryan at the Enemy Awards and we don't like it. But unfortunately, he delivers a great verse in this song. And uh, yeah, what can I say? He like he, it, It's like it, his voice gets higher and stronger and it goes on like he's getting more and more excited. It just, yeah, unfortunately, it goes well with the song. And yeah, I got very addicted to it when it came out. And I imagine that you absolutely hate it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I could. I literally couldn't think of, of anything. <laughs> anything positive could, to say. Like I watched the video, and it's it's quite funny seeing her in a rabbit outfit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I just. So, is it a big thing? Because I've only heard rap and this. So is that a thing at the moment? People singing about ex- explicit sex wars. So it's very interesting. I've been debating this recently mm. because I think that it's only been in the last. I'm going to say three years that women singing explicitly about sex isn't a huge deal and it isn't seen as, oh, there's some pop puppet master that's making these women sing about sex. It is, you know, these women are doing it because they want to sing about sex. And, you know, with WAP, I really don't think the Cardi B and Megan The Stallion were pressurised into it. It is, you know, they're very open women and that's what they want to be singing about. And, and that's what I feel with Shy Girl. And, I mean, I imagine you haven't listened to uh her other songs but you know I, I don't just like this song because it's singing about sex she she's weird like it's weird electronic music i i listen to uckers or or some of her other songs it's it's just very unusual it really wrong foots you and i i really like the weird beats and her voice which is sometimes you know has all these effects on it and sometimes it's just her very calmly you know saying something i yeah i i i think you said in an in an episode recently right that you like when a song is about an aggressive topic but it's not done it's it's mm. not coming i think i feel similarly 
you know it's just like it's the music is very weird yes your voice is very calm and normal and and i think that's that's what makes us stand out but i guess you know i was 10 when madonna brought out just to find my love mm. into the sex book and and that was her that i don't think she was being no not at so all. to me it's like to me it's like you know lady gaga i think a lot of people have been have done this sort of stuff and i kept thinking if like i know brandon flowers spoke about wanting some big titties <laughs> of, of all, on his face of all the, examples. <laughs> the mormon but they like thinking like as a fan of the killers like if he's like but big if the song was but if, if the song was like mr bright's are good but the lyrics were big titties on my face and I'm about to come, but I can't get hard and no, no. <laughs> like, but, okay. that would put me off massively. First of all, so it's not. I just want to say that that song is the best killer song I've listened to since Hot Fuss <laughs> and I would buy that in a, in a second. And th- But this is the debate that I was having, right? Because I think, all right, not Brandon Flowers, but how many male rappers sing about the dicks and and sexy? I think I, I think I said it because I, I don't listen to that sort of music. Yeah. To me, it's like, but I don't listen to anyone talking about dicks mm. or, or or pussy or so. I just I I think Peaches was the first artist because I, I guess there was Little Kim and a few others beforehand, but it kind yeah, of passed yeah. me by. So Peaches was the first artist where I was like, oh, like this woman is singing about sex and enjoying it, and and I just think as someone who always felt you know pretty you know like i don't know how to say this without making me sound like weird but pretty sexually open or like you know think thinks that it's a good thing for women to talk openly about their sexuality someone like peaches was a revelation and while i definitely think that that those topics are now more mainstream and it does feel as i said you know that it's something that these women want to sing about and it's not some executive being like you know show your big old titties and sell some records it just it's still it just makes me happy when i when i hear sex being talked about by a woman so explicitly because it's it's i think it's still not the norm but if you are listening brandon flowers Please be, in, be interesting. Please be interesting. That song, come on! <laughs> like, it would be an image rehabilitation. I, if not, we're going to do it, Brandon. So, <laughs> okay, um, let's move on mm. from BDE. So, when I made this playlist, I thought this is quite interesting because it's very poppy. Like, I, I've never been scared of pop. You know, I like Aha and Duran Duran. I think that you know a well-written pop song is a is a thing of beauty. I think some people see pop and think of it's being made by a robot mm-hmm. or, or no and that that no belittles it a little bit or they've had 10 writers you know but there's no soul but i think the pop songs i've chosen are ones written by the actual artist um it does seem to be you know a bit more melodic but also it's been a quite a shit le- a shit year mm-hmm. so when i have been you know like i listened to the nick cave album and i appreciated it but i thought Gloomy yeah, I just I can't imagine me being in the mood to listen to it again. So I thought, yeah, it's decent, but I'm just not feeling. And it's the same with films. Like I've skipped over so many films this year because I've read about what they're about, and I thought I'm not in the mood. Yeah, like I yeah, watched yeah. Nomadland and struggled. Mm-hmm. And I think because I live in such a horrible world at the moment, I'm constantly after entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I think that me wanting to be entertained shows what I've been listening to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think that when I was in my early tw- early twenties, I probably listened to more pretentious music than I do now, <laughs> which is weird because you, you should as you get older, you think your taste has changed. But I think when I was like twenty two, I'd 
no, you listen to like, you know, random talk talk albums which have, you know, like jazz and all sorts of fucked up stuff happening. And I listen to a load of like, you know, classical music and, you know, different sort of stuff. And now I am listening to, you know, the same music as an 18 year old girl. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but, you know, but that's so, like, I've never been scared of, of, enjoying the mainstream and I think some music snobs would think oh I like that but I won't talk about it on a podcast this in the UK has been everywhere and it's a live version is the only version that I hear on radio on tv I I didn't know why it was the live version then I found out it's because of TikTok right yeah we had a chat about this so this single technically came out last year but it was last summer they they did a live version and that became massive on TikTok and people, you know, miming whatever they do on TikTok to this version. So then in September this year, they released this as a standalone single, but the live version. So I'm including the live version of Anxiety, which is Willow Smith and Tyler Cole mm-hmm. um, with Meet Me at the Spot. I am as shocked as you as mm. that, um, that Willow is still making music because the last thing I knew was her whipping her hair. Me too, yep. <laughs> I had never heard of Tyler Cole. No, me neither. Like he's an, a, a, an actor singer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, so I just think that when you listen to the slide version, it's very stripped back. And I think they smash it. I think their vocals just flow beautifully off each other. And it makes me want to be young. I want to be a young 17-year-old in the sun listening to this, this song. Sadly, I'm a, a guy in his 40s sat in a horrible room. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. So <laughs> that's what these Abs. songs do transport you. So I I did know a little bit that Willow Smith was doing more than whipping her hair because I had discovered and actually forgotten that I discovered Transparent, her song with Travis Barker. I had that saved. And that's it's a bit more pop punk. And I was really taken aback by this song. I ha- did not realize she had such a good voice. And mm-hmm. Tyler has a great voice. And what I like as well is her voice is quite strong, whereas his is more kind of gentle, almost the kind of voice that if you were to stereotype, it would be sort of R&B-esque, coupled with the instrumentation, which is what I would say would not go with either of their voices in that context. Like you could see her voice in something a bit more okay, his a bit more R&B. I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I, it's grown on me as well so yeah i mean usually this sort of music would have you know a computer backing it the fact mm. it's got like a live band i think is kind of a bit more fresh yeah um is this r&b is this pop i don't know what you'd define it yeah i i think i think i would go for pop as a more general thing i think yeah. pop made of many elements is, is how i describe it yeah so you know i hear it all the time and i still like it so far yeah i mean so just to say so so far i've known none of the songs that you've uh you've picked um mm-hmm. and uh yeah it, it really makes me feel like there's a there's a difference between what's playing in belgium and what's playing in in the uk that's for sure well actually, so actually before we move on i think i've been in two situations recently so i went i was in a cafe this weekend where they were playing actually yeah i was in two different cafes this weekend where they were playing either a radio station or a playlist that had a wide variety of genres like pop mm-hmm. but also sort of techno and rock and um i went to a bowling alley yesterday and i was like actually these situations where they're deliberately playing popular music i was thinking it's been such a long time since i've been there and 
I twice heard the Coldplay and BTS song that now exists yeah, yeah. and that I had to Shazam because I was like, this sounds like Coldplay and I don't know who it is. But I was like, oh yeah, gosh, I think it's also a COVID thing of just, I'm not going to these group events, group places as as much. And yeah, it, it, so I was at the bowling alley for maybe two hours. I think I only knew of the of the entire playlist that played when I was there, I knew three songs. Everything else was new to me. So yeah. I guess occasionally... I will listen to like the Spotify's biggest hits of the of the year, mm-hmm. just to see out curiosity what what is big. So mm-hmm. I I I think oh yeah sometimes I I um but yeah I guess um like you're saying if you're not going out at all, mm. uh you won't hear the pop songs and you won't get Wamagadden. No, yes it is, and I've I've <laughs> I've managed to avoid it. I saw Andy Yosho posting about it. It's like one second, one second. I saw Andy Yosho uh, posting about it, and I almost got Wamagadden. Because someone put a video of Boris Johnson with Last Christmas on top, but I saw a tweet and then I saw someone replying to it saying, damn it, I've been Whamageddoned. And then I saw it come up on someone else's timeline and I was like, no, I can't click on this video. So I have so far successfully managed to avoid it. Although I think it was the Love of Hun's Instagram account posted a video of the Loose Women singing Last Christmas, but apparently remixes and other versions are allowed. So I'm okay. How about you? <laughs> uh, I don't play along. I, I always tell people, it's December the first, so I'm going to put on Wham's Greatest Hits. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Whamageddon, by the way, for those who might not know, it is a game where you try and avoid hearing Last Christmas by Wham. And if you hear it, you've been Whamageddoned and you're out. So, yeah. There you go, guys. That's how we, we level these That's things. That's how we so ne- next pick. next pick so my next pick is as blue as indigo by tiger cub uh, i've mentioned i'm a huge fan of this band i'm breaking the rule a little bit because we have talked about them before they were my number two artist on spotify wrapped and it was very very difficult i really thought about picking between this one and their latest single iwgfu because it's really bloody catchy but I, I went for this one because I thought this one was a little bit more original. I, I have to say, as much as I love I Want to Get Fucked Up, which is the other single, it does sound quite Queens of the Stone age e. whereas I think this is a, a more original song. By, I love you, Tiger Cub. Please do. Please, please love me. Um, it's the album opener, which lends its name to the album, which, again, would be one of my uh, albums of the year, As Blue as Indigo. And it really exemplifies what I like about Tiger Cub, which is how they go from quiet to loud, how their songs build, they have, you know, you know, a calm guitar and a falsetto voice and it lures you in. And then the guitar, bass and drums come in, taking it in a completely different direction. And it just builds, 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 builds. I think it's great. No idea what it's about. It's way too abstract for me, but I don't care because it's good. Fran? Nice peaceful guitar opening. Mm-hmm. And then we get a rude awakening. And to me, it sounds like if Muse chose to rage pill instead of the queen pill in the <laughs> mid noughties we're, we're back to muse again yeah <laughs> we're back to muse seriously it, it sounds like the heavier version of muse it's a good thing and it's got brilliant drumming um the sensor section is lovely mm-hmm. um it's better than royal blood who i think are from brighton and who tiger cup supported recently oh there you yeah. go. Oh, okay. they are a fantastic live band and I think, yeah, they're an example of one of those bands that they're constantly innovating, constantly looking at doing new things and yeah, keep it up, Tiger Cub. Over underrated. 
And you've made it to the middle section of the podcast. Um, Just a quick thank you for getting this far. And I hope you've been enjoying us debating our music choices. And now time for an advert. See you in a minute. Hello, this is Still Any Good, the podcast where we run the risk of ruining our childhoods by revisiting fondly remembered films. Have you ever wondered if the movies you enjoyed as a child have passed the test of time? Are they disappointingly awful or are they still any good? We've looked at Superman, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Big Trouble in Little China, Face Off, Trading Place, Police Academy 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Bugsy Malone, Escape to Victory, Look Who's Talking, The Man with Two Brains, Kindergarten Cop, Short Circuit, Home Alone, Smokey and the Bandit, Tango and Cash. So are these films still any good? Join me, Robert Johnson, in my cosy living room. And me, Christopher Webb, in my garage. And find out for yourselves. (laughs) It's a lovely garage. Moving away from Tiger, checking out Bleachers. Yes. (laughs) With the song, China Girl, featuring... Chinatown? (laughs) Chinatown. (laughs) Not David Bowie's China Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Featuring um, Bruce Springsteen, we've who appeared, well, not appeared, who we've mentioned on a, a past episode. Bleachers are interesting to me because I have not met anyone who's heard of them. I never hear them in the UK. I have liked one single from each album and no more, which is very strange. Hmm. Turns out, researching fact, the guy... He's been busy. Is, yeah, he, he's got a fingers in the... No, I changed my first class. He's got a fingers in a lot of girls, guys. No, he... <laughs> he has been working... Uh, hard, hard with a lot of the biggest artists in the world, mm-hmm. and this is his own project. He also was in Fun. Yeah, remember Fun? Yes, I do remember Fun. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot to say about Jagger and, and stuff. And, yeah. and that's and that song. Um, so I saw um, a live version of this about six months ago with him playing in the garden with Bruce Springsteen. Wow! And like, and I forgot about it. And then when doing my research, I then came across this and I thought, oh yeah, it's that song again. I quite like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite a basic pop song lyrically. It's not great. Of uh, I love the I love the line "Take the sadness out of Saturday night." Yeah, like that's that. the name of the album as well, right? So yeah, I love the, the keyboard rumble. I love the the little keyboard riff, and the chorus just dances with me. And I literally cannot get that chorus out of my head. And I think I had this on repeat for like five hours. It was odd. And I, and then do you know sometimes you just don't know why you love a song? Yeah, because it's 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 really fucking basic. <laughs> And what's even weird about it is that Bruce Springsteen doesn't even make it better. I think it would be better without Bruce Springsteen. I don't know why he's in it, but he, he sounds uh, almost like, I don't know, like drunk. It's, his voice just like is, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not a good vocal. I don't get why they've used him. And um, I've no idea. Yeah, I, I can't stop listening to the song. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to apologise for that. <laughs> I think because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but hey, but there you go. Spotify doesn't lie. Spotify doesn't lie. So I wondered if Bruce Springsteen featured on this because Jack Antonoff is also from New Jersey. And that oh, okay. seems apparent when you watch the video as well, which mm. I, I, I don't know if you have. So maybe it was just a, a question of getting a, a hometown hero on. Um, Fran, I'm just going to say that this is my least favourite song on, on, oh, on the playlist. As I think the Bruce Springsteen song from 2020 was. I So I really didn't like the synth from the, the xylophone, but then the verses came in and I thought it improved. I liked the voices and the harmonies. Mm-hmm. But I do think 
not, you know, I agree with you on Bruce, but he comes in at such a weird time. It's like he starts harmonizing on a random verse and then sounds like a very old man far away. It was, mm. it was very strange. But yeah, I mean, Jack Antonoff is, what has he done? Lord, St. Vincent. Uh, he's clearly a very good producer. I, I do think there's um, the, what he adds in pop and melody to songs. You know, you can't, um, what's, what's I'm looking for? You can't d- turn it down. You can't dismiss it. And I think I've talked about this before, but the um, Song Exploder episode about Sober by Lord another Lord mention she talks about kind of what Jack Antonoff brought to the song and it was really interesting and as with so many songs that I've listened to on Song Exploder I I think I don't like them then I hear about it in the breakdown and now I actually really like Sober by Lord I thought I didn't like any songs from that album so yeah I have to say I think I prefer Jack Antonoff as a producer than as a bleachers or fun dude because I don't know is it his voice that doesn't add something, you know, normally the, the people he's worked with have much stronger voices. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, not so much my cup of tea, I'm afraid. Okay, moving on to... Uh... Moving on to what, I'm. if I had to guess, the song you hated the most out of my playlist, and it is also quite a cheeky inclusion from, from my side. So this is a song called Wege Wege by Pongo, and it's a cheeky inclusion because it's a reinterpretation of a song from 2008. But... I really felt I had to bring her in because I'm Portuguese and I've not talked about Portuguese language music enough. And Buraca Son Sistema, so the, the band that did this original song, they were kind of a, a breakthrough brand. So the 2008 album Black Diamond, MIA was on it. It definitely, you know, it, it, it wasn't totally mainstream, but if you were into any kind of vague world music, you would have uh, enjoyed it. And I, I definitely did. And it's quite an interesting mesh of kind of techno and these two African genres called Zouk and Kuduro. And yeah, they broke up in 2016. And uh, and yeah, they, they have some really good records and I recommend checking it out. Like with Angel Hayes, Pongo has had quite an interesting life. So she's actually from Angola. She immigrated to Portugal, faced a lot of racism and uh, was so unhappy that she threw herself off the seventh floor of the building where she lived when she was 12, breaking her leg. And uh, during the recovery, her father called her Pongo Love after the name of a Congolese singer. And she had to go to these physical therapy sessions in Lisbon across the city. And she saw this Kaduro group performing on the street and kind of became friends with them. And after her recovery, she started dancing with the group and singing rap. So definitely sort of like a rags to riches, getting the most out of a bad situation. Um, I included this because the original is great, but this is a really interesting interpretation there's kind of heavier bass and percussion in the original and she also sings lower whereas this has more keyboards into it and the song is kind of about her and about the whole movement so she talks about when I enter the stage it moves talent here it rains um on the microphone I'm the first I will raise my flag singing for Angola and for the whole world so I think it's a catchy song I you know like to introduce this kind of music to to a wider audience but I imagine that it is not at all for you, Fran. <laughs> Were you surprised that the video is uh, her playing it in tandem? No, I actually, my God, I haven't seen the video. I didn't even bother. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I was meant to see her in Belgium. Like, she is, you know, they they were big enough. Like, I remember Fabric Live have a, a Bulaka Son Sistema compilation. So, ah. so yeah, they're, they're, they're a very interesting band. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but as an, an yeah, as a singing Portuguese, Portuguese yeah. I was surprised. To see, um, so, yeah, I keep... 
hearing um, Wicket Wicket, who's an Ewok. Is that incorrect? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is. I, I don't know what Wege Wege is. Wege Wege. I don't know what it is, but it's catchy. Uh, yeah, I put, I put down. So you're wrong. The worst one was, uh, was BDE. Oh, okay. Great, um, great, great, great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's just fine for me. It's, it's got catchy keyboard motif. Mm. It's got like in, some other interesting instrumentation um, below it. Mm-hmm. But it, this is what I found interesting for you is that I couldn't hear any bass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with, there doesn't need to be. But like, I just said DZ Death Rays are one of my big discoveries for this year. They do not have a bassist. Uh, but you said of... that you like hip hop because of the baseline stuff. So, oh, okay. Oh, so... but I mean, for, for me, this isn't oh. hip hop. This is this is pop and Kuduro. So I don't know much about Kuduro. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I do. But because it's a genre from Angola, and Angola is an ex Portuguese colony, and you know, mm-hmm. so she she so Buraka is a poor suburb of Lisbon, and it's a suburb with lots of immigrants. So that's that's why it's called Buraka Son Sistema because it's Son Sistema means sound system. So it's almost like the building up of it, and. For me, it's it's far more dance than it is hip hop because I mean you literally see it dancing and it is the kind of music that yeah if you go to Portugal or even you know when I went to Cape Verde on holiday which is you know a different African country you mm. would hear this kind of music in the beach bars and stuff like that so I would much more associate it with that than than yeah let's say a traditional US hip hop. So again, I said how I um, created my playlist and mm-hmm. um, just by listening to music and putting a heart next to it. So we're now moving on to Olivia Rodrigo, who apparently is from High School Musical. I had no fucking idea. And um, the first track I heard by her was Brutal, which is a very different track. Mm. It's, it's like kind of a rocky track. So I thought, let's see what's maybe like a a young rock star started. And then the next track that came on was Driver's License, which is a fucking mm. different track completely. And it played, and I thought, okay, this is got some lovely piano and it's a bit melancholic and i thought this is maybe a bit x-factor battered and then you know i I started to listen to lyrics i thought yeah okay we've got some emo lyrics and then it came on again and again and i actually thought actually this is really growing on me and i'm starting to love this track (laughs) and it kind of is adele for the under 21s even with lyrics and, and delivery. But then I, I then assumed naively that it's been made by 10 people, but it actually is just her and her producer. So I then mm, thought, okay, maybe that. she does mean it. And it is, it is, this isn't like a soulless force ballad. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll give her some credit now. And she's she's only 18 and I listened to her do it live and she's, she delivers it and you, you do feel... The, the realism that she's no, but the sadness it doesn't, it doesn't seem like she's just singing somebody else's lyrics mm-hmm. I think it is her own lyrics mm-hmm. and yeah I, I can't stop listening to it and I think it's a, a, a brilliant pop song so this was the only song from your list mm-hmm. that I knew mm-hmm. and I only knew it because we were talking previously uh, off off mic that some artists break through because I follow enough pop buzz pop culture things that it comes through so suddenly I just kept hearing about her and I was like who 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 is this woman and I I listened to this song and I was like "Mm." the the first time I listened I was also cynical I was like this is kind of sad girl for a younger generation you know Billie Eilish Billie Eilish isn't doing enough so they're Mm -hmm. bringing someone else along but I also think this definite Lord and Taylor Swift kind of qualities coming through Lord especially towards the end but 
I I don't think you can deny everything you say about you know her writing it from the heart. She has a fantastic voice. I hadn't listened to it again uh, in in a while, and I, I really felt the emotion coming through. And that's it. Like it is a song that teenagers heartbroken can relate. I think I went on YouTube to look at the video. And I think the top comment was me thinking about my imaginary boyfriend. And I was like, bless. <laughs> and it is quite cinematic uh, and, and yeah, kind of bedroom pop, power pop. And, and yeah, someone, so I wrote that Stereo Gum critic, Chris Deville talked, described it as a prime Spotify core, sad girl fair that starts as a trembling Phoebe Bridges song and concludes as a resplendent folklore track. All things which are not really for me, but I can... Yeah, I can I can still appreciate it and and understand why it's so big. But yeah, but again, you know, it's, it, there's so many young singers at the moment. It's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I have to say, I I quite like "Good for You." That's that's my favorite Olivia Rodrigo song. That's a bit more upbeat. And I just checked, and that was co-written by Hayley Williams of Faramore. So there you go, driver's license. Driver's license, guys, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> check out this what, underrated one ballad. For, one for the uh, the top, top of the pops, that one. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving on to another youngster. Yeah, and another very youngster. <clears throat> so this is Ecstasy, written E-K-K-S-T-A-C-Y. I walk this earth all by myself. Yeah, continuing the emo teenager theme. This guy is very interesting. So I'm just going to take the words from his website to introduce him. Ecstasy is an 18-year-old artist from Vancouver, Canada. He always wanted to be an artist, but he felt that there was something he couldn't do because he didn't have the confidence. However, after going through drug-induced psychosis, his parents' divorce and alcohol abuse, he found himself writing and recording music every day. He took influence from film and artists, including Elliot Smith, the drums, Bon Iver, and Bedroom. Right now, Ecstasy describes his current sound as a fuse of indie, post-punk, and synthwave. And that sounds about right. So this song starts in, I would say, a kind of modern electronic way, there's something like a, a machine whirring and warming up, but then moves into like, I, I call it like sensitive indie that's somehow electronic. It's it's blending sort of dark wave, indie, bedroom, poppy. You know, he's he has this very quiet, detached voice, but there's this very beautiful guitar and bass and, and drum machines. You know, it sounds like the kind of song that he absolutely wrote in his bedroom, but sounds like an old soulful person doing it and again very you know emo i work this out the, the lyrics are i walk the circle by myself i'm doing drugs but they don't help my voice is nothing when i'm screaming out for help i stretch my hand but my grip just gives out nobody gives a fuck about me that's what i think to myself when i'm alone in the city i walk around the mall but there's no one with me what do i say when there's nobody listening cheery stuff but i just don't think there's anyone who sounds quite like him he's only 18 He's got so many good songs already. And yeah, I was really intrigued, I think, with, with this one more than anyone, if uh, if you'd agree with me on that one. When I read about him recording it in his bedroom, I thought of Owl City. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I God. do. Fireflies. Yeah, Jesus. Luckily, he is not Owl, he is not <laughs> Owl City. <laughs> so, Ecstasy. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I think I can hear Empire of Empire the Sun production wise yeah even yeah, yeah, um yeah. it's a simple catchy number i like the vocal effects i like the warmth synth um i think 
it, if it's recorded by somebody else like Al City, it could be a bit too cheesy. I think he yeah. has enough yeah. layers of like warmth and his vocal effects keep it from being too poppy and too over saccharine. I think maybe um, it's also weird that half near the end of the song he gives us some sort of like remix version, <laughs> the slow yeah, the slow down does, version, slow down, yeah, bizarrely. But there you go. Yeah, and it, it was written only by him. You know, mm. that's it. Really, is uh, his authorship and. Just, just really like you know. I'm I'm 34. He's almost half my age. For someone to have that level of maturity in, in in lyric writing and music writing, it's it's really impressive. And yeah, I think I think he is going to become fairly big. Like that song's already had 13 million listens, and see, yeah, he's got over a million monthly monthly listeners. So yeah, fingers crossed, he can really stretch his creative muscles. Yeah, I put down uh, with teenagers just talented. It's time for me to get off the planet. <laughs> So what's your next pick, Fran? So my next pick is Self-Esteem. Um, so this is an artist that I know rather well because I'm aware of a previous life in Slow Club. This is like the mm-hmm. indie folk band from Sheffield who made four albums and they were a duo. Unfortunately, it went a bit sour. I think that um, Rebecca Taylor, who is Self-Esteem, felt kind of trapped and couldn't be herself. And there's a... a a documentary they made on the last tour, which you can watch the band uh, being pissed off with, with each other for ninety minutes, and uh... that is quite an entertaining watch, <laughs> aren't they? But and um, so yeah, so she wanted to reinvent herself and be the pop star she thought she could be. Hence, self-esteem. She wanted to you know to do things how she wanted it, rather than being told um, who to be and what to be. Yeah, so she made an album in twenty nineteen called Compliments Pr- Please which has lots of bangers and I thought, oh, she's going to become a massive pop star. And I saw her play to 50 people in a pub. I thought, maybe not. <laughs> and, then, oh, okay. <laughs> and then her second album came out this year called Prioritise Pleasure. Mm-hmm. And now everyone suddenly found her and she's getting loads of press, loads of five-star reviews. She's even appeared on the John Ellis radio show, which is Kind of, ha- mm. kind of how we met, and uh, yeah, I then saw her play the same venue I saw her two years ago. This time it was sold out, and I, th- I was so happy for her. And um, I could have chosen a variety of singles. Personally, I think "Moody" is probably her best single, but um, "I Do This All the Time" seems to be the one that everyone talks about. It's kind of a uh, wear sunscreen for this decade by the the, the, the Basil Ullman track from the nineties. I literally wrote, is it okay to wear sunscreen <laughs> for Zoomers? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, it's her discussing, you know, her life and how she sees things. I don't agree with everything she says. Um, and then the chorus, you know, it has some lovely strings and her saying, lean back, look up. And it's quite inspirational. Then it has a beautiful sort of like musical interlude and it flows fantastically. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to know what you thought, Babs. And I mean, this song was on so many people's, like top of people's favorite 2021 tracks. So, so yeah. So I actually heard about her for the first time on Richard Osman's birthday podcast, podcast, a birthday game podcast even. And uh, yeah, I remember being quite intrigued about it because I think most of the guests were comedians. It was like self-esteem. And I was like, what, that's a, a person's name. What's going on here? And 
I actually, having said that I only knew Olivia Rodrigo, I actually do think I'd heard this song before and definitely seen her being mentioned more and more and more. And I I like it. The The spoken word stuff is great. Again, like the fact you can hear her accent. I like the other things that are going on, like when her voice gets distorted and when there's strings. And there's some some lyrics in, in there that really pack a punch. Like the, the one that stood out for me was... One day I would love to tell you how the best night of your life was the absolute worst of mine. Uh, whoa, thanks, fucking thanks. hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, again, I'm, I think I'm a bit intellectual about this. I understand why people like it. I, 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 I like it as a concept more than I like it as a song in itself. However, I know you've seen her live three times uh, now. Yeah. So um, I saw a camp festival at the same time I saw Georgia. Mm. Um, I then went to a press signing of Bournemouth, which was awful because she had a really bad flu and did two songs only. And then I saw her mm-hmm. doing yeah, the Joiners uh, last month. And she's very funny. I think that's why she appears with a lot of comedians. Doesn't surprise me. Because, yeah. yeah, she, she yeah, she, And Al Green is in one of her videos. Yeah, exactly, he? yeah. So I, I assume yeah. that she's kind of dabbles in the comedy world. See, there's a, um, a Sheffield sketch troupe called uh, Seldom Differ. And she's friends mm-hmm. of them and she's appeared in some of their sketches. So yeah. So she's a good watch. She now does dance routines and all sorts of stuff. I think oh, wow. I think it's quite it's quite nice to see someone who's been in indie band suddenly, you know, appearing on stage doing dance routines in in her thirties, thinking, yeah, why not? You want to be a pop star? Go for it. I mean, but that's what it says in her bio on Spotify, right? Like, let me let me look it up because I not knowing the story about slow club slow club before researching her bio says. As self-esteem, Rebecca Taylor has shaken off the shackles of her indie band past to become the unapologetic pop star she always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So that rings true with what, what you're saying. And yeah, I, I, I think she is incredibly original and I'd be intrigued to see what she does next um, because I think from the comedy side, I, you know, I have seen that video with Arguin. I don't know which, which song it is. Moody. And I, I, I always like her songs, but I'm not, I'm not gripped by it. But I imagine that live, with people singing along to these sections with her, it must be quite a powerful performance. I think, I think, yeah, I think the album's got something for everyone. Like, yeah, Moody with Alistair Green is probably the most popular of the tracks on there. It's got oh, the video's great. Yeah, the video's great. Yeah. So uh, even though it wasn't the kind of the song, you know, so uh, I, it probably will be in my top ten of the year. Well, there we go. And I'm sure the next one will not, because we're moving quite far away from pop at the moment towards Nod. I think that's how I pronounce it. Mm-hmm with Pink Champagne Blues. So they're a band or a collective that I've known about since they released the CP called Mirror in 2016. And they're one of those bands that because they're on the heavier side to what I listen to, I dip in and out because I don't always have the the energy or the patience to, to go and listen. And yeah, it's it's wild. It's, it's had 30 different members. It's focused around this place called the Islington Mill in Salford. And they even have a Portuguese member called Madalena Ribeiro who has some songs under uh, the moniker called Negra Branca, and I, I checked it out on Bandcamp. She sounds great, so represent Portugal. And, yeah, I think that while this is quite a heavy, sludgy song, uh, with, with the verses that only have a bass and drums, there's something melodic about it, and the the repetitiveness of the theme, it, it grows on you. Like I, I feel like as the song goes on and it switches between the 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 heavier bit and then the faster more paced parts with the with the drums and and the basically shouting i yeah i i can't stop listening to it and and it's sludgy dirty intense rock and roll i would love to see it live i'm sure that if people know it they they go crazy 
and I only just saw the music video. So bizarrely, it seems to be like a skateboarding video. <laughs> and there are these comments like, is this Tony Hawk's uh, new skateboarding soundtrack? I don't think that many people would like it, but I, I enjoyed it. What did you think? Well, the first thing, I was, I was shocked that they're British. I just thought yeah. American instantly. Yeah, and then yeah, you get yeah. a skateboard video, and again, you think American. Yeah, yeah, true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was a, a surprise. Um, but um, since I put it on, I just wanted to dance, and I even um, worked out a dance routine to the song. Um, oh, please show me, which will be pointless. But, no, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and I think this would, this would be a, a dance filler. So, yeah, it's not necessarily melodic, but the the rhythm isn't... There's something, right? Yeah, it's infectious. It got me going. You know, like, like Gloria yeah. Estevan, the rhythm's going to get you. The nod's going <laughs> to get you. And it got me good. <laughs> Guilty. I did not expect... If all the all the pop stars, Gloria Estefan was not who, who I expected. <laughs> I think yeah, it's just the it just gets you, and I think because yeah, it just it basically is that interspersed with some some very filmic drums and bass, which make you feel like you're running, and then it's it it slows you down again, and then you're back at the dinner, and it's just yeah, it um why not? Yeah, I I really couldn't help myself. So yeah, I'm glad you like it. Couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. I had to put it on. I couldn't help myself. Okay, so this is my final track. I've got a lot of uh, a lot of ladies on my a lot on my list this year. Um, so we have Haley Mary, who is a lead sing- the lead singer from the massive Australian band called Jezebels. Mm. Jezebels are influenced by, I say, Depeche Mode, um, and like the Killers. Haley Mary solo is an indie darling. Um, I know she's covered the Libertines. She seems to be very much into the British indie scene. And um, the DMAs, who are Australian, but they might as well be British because they give them, you know, the same influence by British music. Um, Johnny Took co wrote um, this song okay. on the DMAs. Yeah, she's been sprinkling singles over the past two years. Hasn't actually made an album yet, but she's made four EPs. Um, and then, yeah, I just chose this one because. This has got a lot of different layers, like it has maybe two or three choruses. It keeps adding another chorus. And I love the guitar line and it's very, very hooky. It takes maybe two or three listens to, to for it to feel right. And then, yeah, I just loved it. And I wanted to, you know, to showcase her because I think that she's a great artist and uh, I think she needs more plays in the UK. Yeah, I you'd mentioned her before. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't surprised to, to see her on here. When when it started, I thought her voice is pure Stevie Nicks. Like immediately, I was just like... Most people say Chrissy Hind, usually. Oh, really? Yeah, she looks a bit like oh, for me. She, Yeah, to be fair. And I, I saw the video of this song and it, it, it could be a Chrissy Hind cosplay. That's, that's for <laughs> sure. Very striking lady. And it's quite funny. Yeah, I, I kind of hadn't realised that she was Australian because what I found amusing was that she's talking about Lucasades. So I really enjoyed someone with a kind of Americana-esque style song talking about LucasAid. It just really placed it for me. But unfortunately, as you might have guessed from me saying Americana, it is a little bit too country for me. So despite, I really I really enjoy the lyrics and, you, you know, but it just sounds like Jezebel's would be more up my street being Depeche Mode-esque than what Hayley Mary's doing. But is does all of her music sound like this or is this just a flavour? Uh, it's a flavour. Her latest EP came out last month is... Uh different again it's got Simpson in it so it feels mm. like she's like just being out an, out an EP and saying is this any good <laughs> and then maybe she's gonna when she 
don't know, get the feedback to then work out what her album's going to be, maybe. I've, I've seen before, mm. a bit like Florence Machine, like, her debut album is kind of strange because when she started out, she was a bit more, like, indie and rocky. Yeah. Like, Kiss with a Fist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, at the end of it, it was like, you know, maybe it's like rabbit fit, no, it's like dance tunes. And I think mm-hmm. maybe she's kind of f- feeding out what is her best uh, approach. I mean, that's the joy of being able to do that these days, not being bound by an mm. album, being able to to do that. And I, I think it's interesting when you hear artists talking about what what is big on Spotify and what isn't. And sometimes uh, you're, you're shocked. So... You know, is it a shame if it's guided by that? Because then it might, you know, shut down one avenue, which might be interesting. Is it not? I don't know. I mean, you seem, you've you you've talked about her before and you seem to be a big fan. So clearly whatever she's doing is working. Uh, yeah, it's, I think um, I think she's got a great voice. She's, well, she's kind of cool. It's just, she's, she's fun. And um, that, sounds, that sounds crap. She's cool. She's fun. She's cool. It, she's it sounds fun like, like a 1980s. Let's go party with Amy Murray. As you do, guys. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you can use this Hayley in your promo if, uh, if it helps so yeah I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Jezebel's and um, I think yeah I think you would be a fan of Jezebel's actually as well Babs yeah because we talked about them was it in the Primal Scream episode uh, I feel yeah I need, I, need to, I need to go check them out this is a reminder to self Barbara when you're <laughs> putting the players together for the show okay so your final track my final track is Little Sims and Introvert so this is one of the songs that I only discovered from going uh, onto release radar. So I've obviously been very aware of Little Sims and I'm into um, quite a few of her songs, especially from, from Grey Area. That was the album that got me into her. And But it's like, you know, someone who I listen to, I'll listen to the album, save a few songs and, and listen to it every now and again, and that's it. But this is another level, like especially when combined with the video. So yeah, Fran, before the episode, I was like, if you're going to watch one video, make this the... The one that you watch because yeah i mean the the song has this absolutely epic opener and it's the opener to the to her album sometimes i might be introvert so it starts with this military drums and brass and choir and synths and then it moves into i i call it radiohead guitars you know I, i'd say ben's era radiohead guitars and she's kind of yeah rapping or, or or speak singing and then so many different things come in you know brass and synths come in every now and again it's like again like a recurring theme sometimes other women are harmonizing with her sometimes the bass comes in because I, I think she plays guitar bass and drums as well so i think when when there are instruments it's it's her singing it's her playing sorry and again she has lyrics that really grab you you know she says i see sinners in the church i see sinners in the church though i should have been a friend when your grandma died I see the illness eat my aunt laying in her bed. I see her soul rising as the body gets closer to death. And yeah, it's just, it just absolutely blew my mind. And then you watch it with a video, which is filmed in the Natural History Museum. And again, interspersed with, with all these different elements of, of people I'm guessing from London. And it finishes with the actress Emma Corrin sort of echo speaking over synths and strings with this text about being a woman. It just, it, it really threw me and... I think is it her fifth album, it, and I, I I've gone to listen to it. I've not properly got into it yet, but it is it's really good. I was I was really surprised. I was not expecting this. I've known the mm. name Little Sims. Uh, I think she was Mercury Price nominated. Was she? I think previously. Yeah, and she toured with Gorillas. Mm. I think quite extensively. So uh, I was expecting you know 
maybe something like slow tie or or you know that sort of grimy uh nope <laughs> no i was not expecting that fucking production i was like oh wow shit me i then thought yeah. it's a sample from somewhere else but i think it's actually just been written for the song mm-hmm. i think so yeah um i put i put it down it has jesus walks vibes with the military beat interesting um, yeah, yeah yeah i love the production by inflow yeah mm-hmm. I, I i put i put down i would love this even if it had no vocals i think it sounds brilliant and um lyrically obviously it's not gonna be about me but i, I think the, the lyrics are fantastic and yeah the video really 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 um rates, pushes it to a, a new place and i think this may be added to my playlist and i'm Excellent. intrigued it's all oh, her songs got this Epic, or is this just this one? No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. I think, so Selfish from, from Grey Area, it's such a low-key song. Oh, really? I would say it's somewhere between indie and R&B, because yes, I think so. She she often plays, I think, bass. Please correct me. Uh, so she's, she's always been someone who, of course, there's hip-hop elements because she is mostly rapping, but clearly a very musical woman and i think you said that the produ- the producer was inflow mm. i think that's someone she's known since school oh cool and they came back together i think he they they'd worked together but they came back together for this and i think she i read an interview in enemy where she was like yeah it's this person who you have this like shared sort of language with um selfish is you know sort of like drums and a bit of bass and some harmonies this is this is next level like everything the brass the harmonies the choir the even like the shimmering sort of you know almost i don't know like it's gonna sound like i'm denigrating it but rain stick sounds you know but it's mm. it, it's more than that it, it creates a whole atmosphere i think of all the songs from my release radar it's just yeah immediately i was like well, i have to include this in my top 10 and and a lot of people have included it in their top 2021 songs i thought i feel a bit sad but all her music isn't going to be this epic, <laughs> but hey, I love <laughs> this. Honestly, the, the the album I recommend next going to a song called "I Love You, I Hate You," which is about her difficult relationship with her dad, and that yeah, it, it, it's it's really really good bass, really catchy. I, I'd go there next. It's not as epic, but it's it's a nice continuation. <laughs> underrated 2021 highlights and lowlights so i think my highlight of 2021 was the return of the best of belgium so stromai released a new song and angel released a a whole new album and you know they're belgian icons and it seems that what they've done just continues to build on what they've done that's quite exciting stupidly i did not organize myself enough and even though stromai is playing three nights in brussels i don't think i will be able to get tickets which is a real shame uh, so I'm going to have to befriend him at my local coffee shop where I see him occasionally. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> my highlights of uh, 2021 was going back to seeing live music. The first time mm. I saw Wolf mm-hmm. Alice and I was in that queue for an hour and getting in and being surrounded by people with masks on. And then the band came on and that band, literally, the eyes were so bloody wide. They were so happy to be there. And, you know, was, people were crying um, all the way Aww. through and the energy I've not seen anything like for such a long time that was a, a, a brilliant moment to be there when you see a band playing their first live gig for a, a year mm, I mean they didn't come up but I know a lot of people who really like that album oh yeah and then yeah they, they you know they were I think did they win the Rocky Prize I think yeah they are one of the biggest bands in the world at the moment as well so to see them playing my local in Bournemouth 
to like mm-hmm. 500 people was also pretty pretty amazing yeah that's pretty special yeah i've, I've only seen one live gig in uh, in 2021 because they opened later here so i will be hoping for that uh, to come back uh, my low light, I put the fact that Spotify CEO Daniel Ek invested 100 million euros in a defense startup. I just, I feel ever conflicted about Spotify. I think it's just outrageous that he gets so much money and this is what, you know, he's spending it on what, what so many musicians are protesting against. And I know in the UK there's, there's you know, talks of uh, reforming. And yeah, we, we always say that obviously whatever streaming platform you go on, do keep buying the records and the merch and everything else because it just, yeah, it feels particularly disgusting in a year, well, in two years where an already precarious uh, profession has, yeah, been further, you know, downsized because of the lack of live gigs. So that was that was my low light. <laughs> you? Uh, musically, goodness me. Uh, what, what's a musical low light? Um, I guess um, having barely any international bands coming over you know going to a festival did you feel that it did yeah going to a festival and uh, you could feel oh <laughs> um we've gotten mm. quite local and looking at next year's again though they they haven't had any international bands they obviously not aren't optimistic there's no like big american band coming to the uk mm. it's all uk artists which is because obviously going to festival the idea is to discover new things and you know it feels like mm-hmm. oh i'm seeing the same band i saw two years ago again and again, then again, mm-hmm. it's kind of taints a little bit for me. And I guess it's 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 twofold, right? It's COVID, but it's also Brexit that just made things so much more difficult. And why, why you know, go to a country before you could go with with no problems, and and now it's more problematic. So yeah, let's see how those political discussions. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's let's not finish. Let's not finish on a downer. I think I really enjoyed doing this exercise again, as as we did in twenty twenty, and I like the fact that yeah it forces you to be forward facing and I think when I started doing it I was like have I discovered that much stuff from 2021 like it does feel quite insular definitely have a handful of albums that would be my favorites but is it that much but actually you know okay I listen to less genres but I listen to a wide variety of artists and like you my playlist could have gone in a number of different ways but looking at it it's extremely diverse and there's a lot of a lot of different stuff going on so thank you music for keeping us happy and entertained in uh, in another trying year yeah let's hope and let's hope once again in 2022 we can actually meet each other in person over underrated sous évalué And it came to a drastic end. Or we chatted too much and forgot to say goodbye. So, from myself and from Babs, thank you for listening. I hope you had a great festive period. And of course, have a happy new year. Let us know your favourite songs of the year. You can do so by uh, checking us out on Instagram, which is over underrated music pod, or on Twitter which is OU Music Pod. And then obviously you can rate us and subscribe and share and do what all the other podcasts ask. Thanks again and goodbye.